In today's show, we're looking ahead to Monday in the NBA, Martin Luther King Day, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Just a reminder, it is tomorrow, Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Games start really early, so make sure you've got your lineups set. Cannot stress that enough, especially in a weekly lock league. And for those of you who are living uh, not in the United States, like me, if you don't set your lineups by the time you wake up Tuesday morning, you're screwed. you got to get it done. Early games, got to get those lineups set. So let's look <clears throat> at these early games. Let's look at all the games. There's 12 of them on. Smash in. In fact... Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. First game, Pelicans and the Celtics. I want to watch Jackson Hayes, who recently has been scoring really well. I don't really know if that's something that's going to be able to continue, but he's doing it at high efficiency. He's getting good shots. He's getting good minutes. He's an interesting player to watch, especially if you are looking for maybe some high efficiency streamers, some field goal percentage. Hazy is providing that at the moment for the Pelicans. I also want to watch Brandon Ingram, who... I don't know, I just feel like I don't give him much attention on the show because he seems to be relatively consistent, started out slowly. You know, he's just sort of doing what he needs to do. I don't really see much that goes on with him, but yeah, just a little bit of attention on Ingram, see if we can get something uh, stepping forward for him. Well, for the Celtics, it had been a pretty lean run for Al Horford. Last game, we saw the minutes go back up, though. He played 30 and he looked better. Is he the 30-minute-a-night player or the bloke that played 17 the game before? Uh, that, that's the tough thing with Horford. Like, where does he fit? What is the playing time looking like on a game-by-game basis? I think he is a really soft 12-team hold, but let's get another data point in. And then Josh Richardson, who's a really strong 14-team league guy, a good 12-team streamer, um, getting really good minutes, but the production is just not there anywhere near often enough to be considered a 12-team league must-roster player. The Hornets and the Knicks. For Charlotte, we want to pay some attention to PJ Washington because he's been struggling, like, a lot. He hasn't played, he, uh, he's played under 20 minutes the last two games. He's had some foul trouble. He's had some shot trouble. He can't push into 30-minute-a-night territory. He is really hard to consider as a must-roster player. I think he's fine if you want to have him, but I'd like to see some level of improvement because he hasn't really taken any steps forward. But this bloke has, Terry Rogier. Last game was a bit rough for him, but he's played 40, 41, and 39 minutes the last three games, and that's really helpful when your game is based on volume. When you're playing five, six, seven minutes more than the average player, it's huge. And it's helping Rogier's value. Now, at some point, I would expect that that's going to come down. Well, I would hope that it comes down because 40 minutes a night is probably too many. Um, but at the moment, he's putting up really good numbers. So let's watch the playing time. Let's watch the efficiency for Rogier and see which direction it goes. For the New York Knickerbockers. Alec Berg. Um, Kemba Walker. I don't know that he's, if he's going to play. I would be pretty doubtful that he's going to play. They've got a back-to-back. They're the only team with the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. 
I'd be pretty doubtful that Kemba plays, but we don't know. And if he does play, what the hell does that mean for Alec Burks? Where does Burks sit? Burks has played 35 and 36 minutes the last two games. In fact, he since gone back to being a starter, the fewest minutes he's played is 32. And that makes him a 12-team league guy. But of course, Kemba coming back might just completely kill that. Like, he might be done. I just don't know what uh, Thibodeau is going to do. So that's an interesting one to watch. And then, I haven't talked about this guy really much at all. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. He's been pushing into the high 20s in minutes. 31 last game, even with Nerland's Noel. Well, actually, Nerland's Noel was out of that one. Um, can he be... Is he 26 minutes a night when Noel plays? Or can he be a 30-minute-a-night guy when Noel plays? Where does the playing time sit? He's got good field goal percentage, good blocks, good rebounds. Still really only a specialist that fits certain teams, but that certain team probably does exist in your league. So that means he should be on a roster somewhere. But watching a little bit more of Mitchie Robinson, I think, is going to be pretty interesting. The 76ers and the Wizards. Tyrese Maxey, after that really strong start to the season, has definitely fallen away. I think he is still a 12-team league player. And there's no Matisse Thibel or Dan Green again here for Philadelphia. Um, but I'd like to see Maxi get things back on track a little bit from where he was, because he's been struggling somewhat. And then with Thibel and Green out, Ferky from Turkey probably gets another start. Korkmaz has been wildly inconsistent. He had a nice little three-game stretch when Maxi was out, where he was playing point guard, where the numbers were fine. But when he doesn't play point guard, his minutes have been really pretty trash. If you are looking for a threes and points streamer, maybe he can help, especially considering he will likely start with those guys out. But yeah, I'm not having huge amounts of confidence. Let's go to Washington. I want to watch Montrez Harrell, and by extension, I want to see what that means for the tank, Tom Bryant, and what it means for Dan Gafford. Gafford has barely played the last two games, especially last game. Bryant's playing like 14 minutes a night while they're prioritizing Harrell. I do not think that Montrez Harrell is a player that contributes hugely to winning basketball, personally. I would be just trying to get Gafford out there and even a little bit more of Bryant, but I'm not the coach. I had this thought the other day, and it's probably not the show to go into it, but I'm going to do it anyway, um, that you know, we criticize, I criticize, you listen, you criticize me criticizing coaches' rotation decisions all the time and playing the wrong players. And I had a thought about it, and I was thinking that you know, sometimes the coaches make these calls, and we go, what are you doing? This, there's no way that this makes any sense for the current team, for the rotation, for the roster, for the future, nothing like that. It makes no sense. But when you are the coach, and you are in with the practices, on the planes, in the meetings, with the players. They are, they are people. And you inherently as a person have biases towards people. Someone like, I don't know who it is. Let's say, let's say it's Montrez Harrell, right? As an example, I, I don't know any of this for a fact. But in practice, Montrez Harrell is going at a million miles an hour, you know, really encouraging his teammates, setting the example, leading from the front, first one in the meeting, offering suggestions, yeah, putting his body on the line, encouraging, pointing out. Oh, he's doing all that stuff, right, for, for, the, for the team. And the coach is sitting there going, man, I love this bloke. Right, he's, that's, that's so good. That's great. That's sick. Like he's so, so important to our culture off the court. He's so important to building what these players need and building them up. Um, I, I love him. I, I love the bloke. I love what he's doing. He, he's got to play, right? So when it comes time to a game, the decision gets made. Well, Montrez, man, he put in the work, man. At practice, he was going so hard and he was really just all over the court, even though every bit of observable evidence, the numbers and lineups and watching them on the court, it doesn't make sense. The coach is too far in. Corey Joseph and Dwayne Casey, 
man, I remember back in Toronto, this guy was leading the kids. He's doing it again now. We've got to give him these minutes, even though there's no sense in developing Corey Joseph on a losing team. But when you're in there as the coach, every single day fighting with these players you know, to, to get wins and to grind and to travel, like that becomes important. I wonder if there's any way that, it probably isn't, but of coaches being able to have external sources like be able to separate that stuff. Because in the end, that's all well and good for building a team. But when we're talking about your know, on-court production and the future of a franchise, it's actually detrimental to have that sort of stuff happen. So if there's a way that you know, coaches could actually be more influenced by, hey, we know you love what this guy does, but in terms of lineups, like he he's not playing. Like you don't play this player. It doesn't make any sense for the on-court production. Yes, he hustles and swears at training, and that's all fine, but it doesn't actually contribute to anything winning or even the development of our players on the court. Now, that's just a complete aside, but it makes me wonder with some of these decisions of the guys getting the priority in minutes, priority, yeah, priority in minutes, is that it's to do with stuff that's not actually basketball current or future related. And maybe that sounds like no shit to you. Like, okay, that's no shit. Yeah, it's hustle. It's, it's all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, whatever, right? But... I think that a lot of the times that's really detrimental to building a team and a successful franchise because you're taking, you're rewarding players for immeasurable things that don't actually have an ongoing impact. I want to watch Kyle Kuzma in this game as well, who has been playing huge minutes. Last game he was down, he'd been shooting the absolute lights out, like unbelievable shooting stuff on high minutes with high usage, playing at center a lot as well. And we knew that this was the most obvious sell high in the history of the world. We'll see where it ends up. We'll see. Does Rui Hachimura even ever crack 20 minutes a night? And what impact does that have on the future MVP? Sorry about that rant, but I've got to tell you now about Shopify because I've just been waiting. That sound which is going off in my head. You know the sound. It's that. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain interest, interest, gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. That is shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right, let's go to the next game. We are watching the Brooklyn Nets and we are watching in particular to what happens with KD's absence. Kyrie Irving is back and Kyrie Irving is eligible to play all four games this week. So what does this mean for Kessler Edwards and Cameron Thomas? I think that Durant being out and Irving being back helps Edwards quite a bit. Thomas will still get good minutes, but we are watching these two guys in particular. We're we're sort of side-watching what it means for David Duke or for James Johnson or those sort of players, Um, but we're really watching for Edwards and Thomas. We're also going to watch to see what happens at center because LaMarcus Aldridge is likely to return. Nick Claxton is questionable. Dayron Sharp's been starting. Does Sharp stay in the rotation even if Claxton returns? Interesting to see what they do there. And then for the Cavs, Isaac Okoro, 
he's going to start taking these minutes away from Lamar Stevens. We saw that last game. He went to 24 and Stevens went to 19. Surely he's going to start soon and Stevens is going to be reduced to that smaller role. Well, Kevin Love, speaking of small roles, last five games, 14, 21, 21, 16, and 21 minutes. At, he was putting up like top 70 numbers in 21 minutes earlier this season. And I just, I kept marveling. Like, How is this possible? How is this continuing? Surely at some point it's not going to. Well, we're seeing at the moment that yes, it is not continuing. I am not dropping him. He is still a must-roster player, but watching his playing time, I think is really intriguing. For the Chicago Bulls, another team dealing with a significant injury with Zach Levine out for this week. There's still Alex Caruso out, and Lonzo Ball is out for Monday. So, Ayodesumnu is going to start and play big minutes. Now, he was really good last game on like 90% shooting, which is not going to stick, but the opportunity is there for Desumnu to put up some really interesting numbers. Probably more of a 14-team league guy, especially with 12 games on. But he's someone to track. And Troy Brown didn't start. They started Alfonso McKinney. I don't know why. Maybe this is another one of those ones. Like, McKinney, is he just producing something in practice that makes you want to play him? Like, he is not good. And he is not anything to do with developing a future. He doesn't have many skills that are really useful in NBA court. But he's getting minutes over someone like a Troy Brown, who actually balled out the game before. I don't really understand that. But watching what the Brown-McKinney minutes look like, or how they distribute those minutes is interesting. Memphis will once again, of course, be without Dylan Brooks, and they just have an absolute allergy to playing De'Anthony Melton. He can't shoot at the moment, has not been able to shoot a bit since returning. I don't know why, but the minutes are absolutely in the toilet, and they're giving those minutes to Zaire Williams. Not that Zaire is playing particularly well, but he's doing okay, at least for deeper leagues. And then we want to watch what they do with Brandon Clark, because last game, they started Brandon Clark and not Steven Adams. And they've, did they, is that it? They, have they committed to Jaron Jackson at the five now? I don't know that I'm ready to go that far. But if it happens again, ah, maybe, maybe. Clarkie's a 12-team league ad just to see which direction this goes in. Paces and the Clippers. Um, Lance Stevenson. Right, we are seeing the inevitability of him not being a 12-team league guy. Malcolm Brogdon still dealing with his Achilles injury, but Stevenson played 10 minutes last game. Yes, due to foul troll, but his numbers aren't worthy of a 12-team roster spot, so you don't need to be holding him there. But if Brogdon is out again, where is he going to fit? And then also Miles Turner with the foot injury. Not going to lie, I'm shit scared about what's going on with Miles Turner's foot. Remember, that's what ended his season last year. And he's clearly unhappy. Um, there's a foot problem here. Are they holding him out to trade him? I, I don't know what's going on. I'm absolutely shit scared. O'Shea Brissett might start. They might start Tory Craig. Brissett has been very, very disappointing even on a permanent basis compared to where he was last season. Maybe because that 10-game stretch was completely not representative of what his career was or what it's going to be. But he does potentially get an opportunity here at at least a 14-team league level you can look at him. For the Clippers, Amir Coffey has been playing really well. Starting, playing well. He's going to be up and down, and maybe this is the shit game. It probably is. But he is worth a 12-team league look at the moment. Eric Bledsoe getting some good minutes as well. Luke Kennard, maybe he's back. He's been out forever, man. He's been out all year. Hasn't played in 2022 due to COVID, and we're 17 days in. That's a long time, man. That's six-day protocols. No way. We're talking you're two weeks, three, two and a half weeks here for Canard. Hopefully, he's all right. And then Serge Ibaka, who's my placeholder name there for what are they doing with the centers? Because Zubats and Hartenstein are both there. Zubats is struggling. Hartenstein came back and played five minutes. Are we really going to stick with him just at five minutes a night? How are they going to run that rotation? Hartenstein, if he gets 20 a night, he's a 12-team league guy. But at the moment, yeah, we're a long way away from that. Uh, and we hope that we can get him back at that level. The Milwaukee Bucks, 
They're taking on the Atlanta Hawks. I do not know whether Drew Holiday will play. He has missed the last four games with ankle soreness. The Bucks have lost three of those four games. Coincidentally or not, I'm not sure. Um, if he is out, what does that mean for Grayson Allen, who's producing all right at, at a level with Holiday out? And that's fine. And when Drew comes back, you go and drop Grayson pretty quickly. Also want to watch Punch Bob, whose minutes have been up. Bobby Portis, 37-35-25-34 uh, the last four games. There's that weird 25 in there. That was a big win against the Warriors, the blowout. <clears throat> but minutes are way up for him. And that helps his production quite a bit. For the Hawks, they did start, no idea why, Gorgi Jeng over at Nekara Kongwu. But we saw again the cream rise to the top last game. A Kongwu outplayed Jeng pretty comfortably. We don't know whether Kapala will be back, but I am watching a Kongwu to see whether he starts over Jeng or he gets the backup minutes over Jeng. If he doesn't, then holy shit, man, Nate McMillan, you've lost your mind. Let's see what a Kongwu does here. When DeAndre Hunter um, has been shooting well, last game did not. Yeah, that was never going to stick the high shooting, but the poor shooting from last game is probably going to improve. But this bloke is just absolutely allergic to rebounds and assists. I don't know why that is. He just cannot get any of those stats, and it really hurts his overall fantasy profile. I'm watching to see if that changes, but also the minutes uh, along the wing there, especially if Bogdan Bogdanovic is not ready to go. The Trailblazers and the Magic. Is this the return of CJ McCollum? It could be. Now, I was told there's a chance that he does not come back this year, and or he does not play for the Blazers this year. I was told there's a chance of that, and I was a bit skeptical of, of that thing, but I, I passed that information along. I said I wouldn't be selling high on Simons, but I also wouldn't be selling off of McCullum unless I got a top 30, 35 sort of player back. It looks like he's going to return. For how long? I don't know. Whether that still holds true, we, we don't know. Um, we could also get the return of Norman Powell, who's been out since the 7th of January with COVID. And we might also get the return of Larry Nance, who's missed five straight games with knee soreness. And we might get the return of Cody Zeller. So their rotation could be all over the place. Is there a possibility, probably not, but is there a possibility that when CJ and Norm return, that they start CJ and Norm and they keep Nasir Little at the three, meaning that Simons moves to the bench? Is that a possibility? Because I don't think that Norman Powell at the three is a realistic proposition long-term. I know they've done it for a long, long period of time, but he's not a three, he's a two. So will they go back to that to have a Simons-McCullum backcourt, which is just somehow worse defensively than the Little-McCullum backcourt? It's something that we really, really have to watch. I don't think they'll do it with how well Simons has played. There'll be so much backlash. But it, I wouldn't rule it out. For the Magic, Gary Harris. Nice, Gary! Still starting? No idea why. Maybe this is the good example of, hey, just put Jalen Suggs in with the coaching stuff before. Like, I know Gary Harris is providing good value, but uh, his time's done, mate. Put Jalen Suggs in. But he hasn't. Suggs is coming off the bench. He's playing well. I think Suggs is a 12-team ad. I think Harris is a 12-team drop. Yeah, two ships passing in the night or some bullshit. One's going up, one going down. Watching how the minutes get uh, distributed in this game, I think will be very, very interesting. It's also interesting to me that Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein ever. I know it. You know it. Does your mate know it? Does your mum know it? Does your brother know it? Tell them. Just go up to them, whisper in the ear. Bill Bar's the best tasting protein bar ever. And they'll think you're a freak. They might call the police, but that's fine because you know you have the most delicious tasting protein bar in your back pocket. Not like those other ones that taste like garbage. This is one that's going to substitute. And say, look, other one, they, you might go to jail, but you know, at least then you'll know what prison food tastes like. Or you probably already know by tasting other protein bars. Like Bill Bar, it's a candy bar. That's the taste of it, but it's low in calories. 130 of those blokes only. Wow, crazy. 17 grams of protein in a Bill Bar as well. 
And the flavors are off the charts. Cookies and cream, coconut, raspberry, orange, mint brownie. So many other limited edition ones in there. You're going to want to collect them all just like Pokemon. So go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and save 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs. In, or in much towards the playoffs and beyond. This copy is so lame. Um, BetOnline is the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, so a new updated website. Or use their mobile device, or mobile sign-up site, you know what I'm trying to say, and sign up today using our code Locked On for a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, Raptors and Heat. The wiki, Chris Boucher. Minutes are up. Lots of players out. I expect Scotland Barnes to return next game. He was rested for the Raptors last last time out. But remember Gary Trent um, on that game last Sunday when he was going to play? Nick Nurse, oh, he's going to play, mate. Yeah, he's going to. I thought he was going to play. I don't know what happened. Uh, he hasn't played since, so that's cool. Obviously, not. A, yeah, wasn't a serious injury that's cost him a week. We don't know if Trenner will return on Monday. We expect um, Scotland Barnes will be back after resting in that game on Saturday. But Ken Birch is out with a nose fracture. So that means that the wiki Chris Boucher's minutes are going to go up. So is the big sneeze. Precious Achua, who played a lot of minutes last game, they went with a wildly short rotation. They played Boucher 36 minutes off the bench, and then um, Justin Champagne 31 minutes off the bench, and Yuta Watanabe and Mihailuk uh, combined for 12 minutes. It's just a crazy rotation. But that helps Boucher, it helps Achua. Boucher, a good 12-team hold with the injuries. For the Heat, the Winter Soldier Max Struess continues to start over Duncan Robinson and continues to outplay him. Is there enough minutes for him to be a 12-team league guy? Probably unlikely, but maybe. So just keep an eye on Struessy. While it is most likely the return of... I've got to do it. I've got to hit his music. Bam! 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 Bam Adebayo is set to return on Monday. And the question we all want to know is what the hell happens to Omer Yurtseven? There is still, I believe, no Markeith Morris with that neck issue. And he's going to have some sort of impact at some point when he returns. Um... But Bam's going to return. So does Yurt7 just play the backup minutes behind Adebayo? Is that, is that possible? Is that what they're going to do? I, I don't know. Will they, will they share the court? Will Omer get 20 plus? I really doubt it, but it's possible. So we want to watch that really closely. We're holding Omer until we find out how that rotation looks. Spurs and the Suns, I do not expect DeAndre Ayton to play after spraining his ankle on uh, Sunday. So Jalen Smith and JaVale McGee will be watching the minutes split there. I think McGee will start, but I think they'll probably play equal minutes. And then if Cameron Johnson is out, that really helps Smith's case as well, because he can be the backup four and the backup five. It also helps Jay Crowder get some more minutes. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And he's been playing at, a, at definitely a 12-team level with uh, Johnson out. For the Spurs, what do they do with Devin Vassell? He started with Derek White coming off the bench last game and played 30 minutes. Does he go back to the bench this game? Probably. Or do they keep him in over Doug McDermott? You, that would be the common sense thing. But no, that's not what they've done all season. So watching his minutes will be interesting. Same with Keldon Johnson, who's starting and is putting up okay, good scoring, good efficiency, but of course, nothing else. True Keldon Johnson style. And the worry you always have there is if he's not hitting 50% of his shots, if that goes down to 40, then it just looks like trash. He's fine as a 12-team points guy, not really loving him as a category guy as usual. 
For the Thunder, Darius Baisley coming off the bench is putting up some good numbers, good rebounds, good block numbers. Can he be any more than a streamer? Almost definitely not. But he is playing at a higher level. Well, Trey Mann is just someone to watch in case opportunities arise later in the season just to see what he can do. I'm not massively a fan of him for a fantasy point of view, but there is something at least there that they like. For the Mavericks, they started Kleber and Porzingis together last game. Great. Dwight Powell moved to the bench and we finally started Porzingis at center or Kleber at center, however you want to phrase it. Does Kleber remain 12-team worthy? Probably not but he can be at least a really high-level streamer. And then also the burner, Jalen Brunson, who's been excellent this season. Really, really good. A clear must-roster player in all leagues and will continue to start over Hardaway and Bullock. The Jazz and the Lakers. This is a back-to-back for Utah, so I'm expecting Mike Conley to rest. That means more minutes and more touches and more assists for Joe Ingles, who becomes a really, really good stream option for Monday. Also watching Basmati Man, Royce O'Neal, who has been all right, just totally fine. Absolutely not a must-roster player, but fine at the back end. Let's hope he can take a little bit of a usage step up if Conley is out. Well, for the Lakers, we've got pretty good minutes for them the last two games out of Austin Reeves. Doesn't mean that he's a 12 or 14-team league guy, but he's getting minutes. Um, Their team is a complete disaster at the moment. They look shocking, but watching what Reeves can do is interesting. And then does Stanley Johnson get his contract? Like, is is he there to play? I don't know. His second 10 days expired. They haven't re-signed him yet. So will he be a part of the rotation? That is the question mark, I guess, with Stan Johnson. Back-to-backs, we're just looking at the Knicks there. So Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, maybe Quentin Grimes. Obviously, if Alec Burks is around, we're adding him as a back-to-back streamer. Nine catch streams for Monday. Jingle and Joe leads the list without Mike Conley, most likely. Nico Batum, Muxi Kleber, Eric Bledsoe, Cody Martin, a good stream without Cali Oubre. O'Shea Brissett without Miles Turner, JaVale McGee, Kessler Edwards, Joshy Richardson, and Nasir Little. For deeper leagues, all those same names. And then you also add in Rudy Gay, Ayo Desumnu, um, Cameron Payne, Trevor Ariza, Tori Craig, Isaac Okoro, Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Furkan Korkmaz, and Jackson Hayes. And for points leagues, we're looking at McGee, Kobe White, Brandon Clark, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jalen Smith, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Eric Bledsoe, Amir Coffey, Mason Plumley, and Jinglin Joe Ingles. Guys, that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app for here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.